Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work, today we're talking about using the radio waves to promote the truth about Jesus Christ. And we've got in studio with us Bill Bunkley with the Bill Bunkley Show, heard here in Tampa Bay weekdays at on 570 AM. Bill will be joining us for a discussion, but before we bring Bill on, a verse from Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 4. Therefore, Paul is speaking to the Ephesians here. Therefore, I, a prisoner serving for the in service for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. Bill Bunkley, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Honored to be here, Jim. God bless you, my brother. It is it's such a privilege to have you alongside me today. I, I really enjoyed the fact that you were willing to come into the studio. It's it's kind of unusual for two guys that share the 5 o'clock hour here in Tampa Bay to be on the radio together. Obviously, we were pre-recording this today because we couldn't be in the same studio That's at the right. same time. But you had the opportunity today to speak to the Christian Chamber of Commerce. And as I have with every speaker, I brought them on the radio just so that Tampa Bay can hear what you were able to share 
share. So we're going to get to that a little bit later on in the show. But I, I want to first just to start off with, how did you become a Christ follower? Let's let's do a little peel back of the layers on Bill Bunkley so people can hear, who are you? Well, it goes back many years to 1971. I was uh, actually a 16-year-old guy who was uh, living life great at Hillsborough High School, uh, born and raised right here in Tampa with roots here. And um, it was a couple of days after Christmas when the story unfolded. My father was uh, in his early 50s. Uh, went to work and uh, never came home. Mm. He was one of those guys that had a stroke very early in life. And so a couple days later, after he had the stroke, my brother and I were over at the St. Joseph's Hospital here, uh, now on Martin Luther King Boulevard, and had to meet with the doctors about taking him off uh, of life support. And uh, so after that, uh, it was my mom and I, my older brother. But uh, at the time, as what happens with most people, I was a, a good Presbyterian, but I was dating a, a young lady who was a Baptist. In fact, uh, I <laughs> gotta watch out name. for those Baptists. That's right. I am now one of those. But anyway, her name was Beverly, and uh, I was attending church with her. Uh, and basically, because uh, Sunday night had Sunday night church, it was extra night. I could go with her and her family and see her. So I didn't have the best of uh, intentions at the time, but uh, B. Lizelle Owens was a senior pastor there at West Hillsboro Baptist Church at the time, and when my daddy uh, went home to be with the Lord, um, he basically took me in, mentored me, and led me to the Lord, and uh, I had one year of mentoring with somebody who could read the Greek and the Hebrew without any kind of helps, and so that sort of got me grounded, uh, even though, can't uh, tell you, I didn't ever wander away a little bit, but at least that was my grounding and how I came to him through a through a tragedy like so many people who are probably listening today because God uses those to help us to understand him. So that's your wife. You ended up dating, you ended up marrying no, her? No, 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 no. My no. wife is uh, Tony Renee. I, I never got that. I, did, I, I didn't dig no, through all that. that. I apologize. Way back in high school. Okay, so and, I didn't know. Okay, so that woman, yes. so, but because of chasing her, you found Christ. That's correct. That's fantastic. That's correct. Now, you're, you're married today. Yes. How many years? Well, we've been married uh, about 24 years. Oh, fantastic. And uh, where we are at is uh, my wife and I uh, many years of uh, being without children. In fact, uh, all the years that we have tried, a lot of miscarriages. And uh, mm, now tough. about, uh, ooh, about um, eight years ago, and of course, uh, later on, we'll talk about my involvement in Tallahassee and with the Florida Baptist Convention, but I have uh, been worked on pretty much every piece of legislation that has to do with adoption, has to do with abortion, all of those uh, pro-life type situations. And uh, we got a call of a little guy that uh, was in foster care. He was uh, just over a year old. Is uh, his mom was uh, unfortunately a young mother, uh, abused uh, pretty much every drug known to a man except alcohol during her pregnancy. And so she ultimately lose it, well, lost uh, her son. And uh, we found out about him and very quickly got uh, went to school, got licensed as foster parents, took him in as our foster child and adopted him as soon as we could. And so right now, my youngster is uh, nine years old, awesome. a little bit old to be uh, having a, a nine-year-old. But, Keeps uh, you young, right? He is, uh, he is just, uh, to tell you that uh, he's the joy of our life, is it would be an understatement. And so, and in fact, uh, our listening audience, um, we've sort of through the years chronicled the whole journey. So a lot of our folks that are part of our family uh, during our time together in the afternoon, they they all know about Zachary, know about our situation and been, and been a great prayer support. Well, the other day I was listening to you on the air and I, and I, and I heard you invite him into the studio and you talked about him coming in the studio. So was he in your studios in Salem or do you broadcast from home sometimes too? Well, uh, we do both, but normally I'm in studio and uh, he was, he was in the 
the hood, I would say. And so uh, he makes his way around. He's a little ambassador for the Bunkley family. Was it nice. So uh, he is the only one that probably is allowed to come and go with the door slamming in the studio that I kind of give a, a pass to. But, yeah, he, he likes to come in and sit and then leave and come back. But he knows where Daddy's got all the candy stashed, too. So he <laughs> likes to go to Daddy's office over there and, and get, the, get, get the goods. It is such a privilege to be a father. Uh, I, yes. I mean, I, you know, our kids are now, we've got three kids, one adopted, two uh, biological, and they're all grown and gone. I've got some grandkids, and it is, uh, it's such a privilege to be a dad. I, I try to convince my wife to keep having more and more and more. She goes, no, no, yes. I'm done. Yes. Uh, but it is, it is such a privilege, and every day I thank God for that privilege. I'm so glad you got that opportunity for you and your bride. Well, I've had a lot of uh, opportunities in my life in terms of uh, some of the experiences I've had, especially with a lot of the national leadership uh, on the secular front. And so I can tell you between Tallahassee and D.C. and all the the VIPs that we have worked with through the years, nothing gives me more joy than hanging out with my little guy. In Mm -hmm. fact, when I can get out of Tallahassee and get home early, I am home. Trust me. So you and Tony and Zachary, do you guys have a hobby that you guys do together? I mean, what what do you guys do when you're just having fun? Well, my uh, my wife is a 20 year plus employee with one of the large legacy airlines. Oh, cool. So uh, we uh, stay gone. That's a travel. hard one to be 20 years because they keep changing. Well, especially, well, yes. And it's kind of tough because she's, um, she works for what we call the platinum elites of one of the major airlines. Just, just kind of keep the airline out of it. That's but fine. Uh, she's like the fourth supervisor of the very frequent flyers. So unfortunately, by the time she gets a passenger who feels pretty entitled and use the, uses the language that we don't use of the day, she's in a very stressful position because mm. she deals with the heavy hitters. So, but as a result of that, uh, uh, not only we traveled the world, but continue to travel the world. In fact, um, I was thinking about your scripture verse uh, there when Paul was talking about his imprisonment uh, in Ephesians, and we were just recently, not too long ago, in Ephesus. In oh, cool! The, the Greek islands, and so uh, I can just tell you that that's part of and one reason why she's hanging in uh, to continue. She could retire, but we want to give uh, Zachary an opportunity to uh, see the world, do some missionary work, and do some things. Things that we might not be able to do had we not been able to fly for free. Yeah, no, and I've and I've heard you've gone on trips to Israel. You've, I mean, I, I hear you talk about it on the air. So you've had privileges to be in the Middle East multiple times. Uh, probably what four or five times been wow. to uh, to the Holy Land. Uh, way back during the Infatata, we've uh, uh, I, I have stood on the Mount of Olives with uh, some friends who got married in Israel, and while we were standing on the Mount of Olives, uh, you could hear uh, explosions going mm-hmm. off just north in Lebanon. And four minutes later, we have the F-16s flying over. In fact, one of the funny things, uh, Jim, is um, they were videotaping the wedding ceremony, so there was four of us guys standing up, so you kind of heard this little rumble, and then when the jets were, were scrambled from uh, uh, the IDF heading up, because it's tit for tat, you know? Sure. Okay, so, so the whole wedding party, you can't see us on the radio, but our heads in unison were looking up following the jets as they were going over. <laughs> I think that's but, a wedding uh, I'd maybe postpone but, uh, or something, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, in the uh, neutral zone. I've been in that in that no man's land uh, north of Israel, uh, bordering into uh, Syria. I've been up on the Golan Heights uh, with uh, some officials from the Israeli Defense Forces and actually was uh, given a military point-by-point tour in northern Israel of the 67 war. And so mm. uh, with all wow. of that, it's, Very it's cool. I can tell you that everyone everyone should pray uh, that to ask God if if going to a pilgrimage is 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 in his will. 
budget to do that. Don't buy that new car. Don't buy the boat. Budget to get to Israel at least once in your life because I guarantee you, you will never be the same. If you are a Bible fellowship teacher, if you're a pastor or, or a lay person, you're going to come back and you're going to read the scriptures because you'll have that ge- geographical, uh, that, that compass. And uh, and I got to tell you, you, you just have to do it. So I, I like to look at myself as a, as a volunteer ambassador for the nation of Israel. Well, we're just poor radio guys. So some I may just only get that out of Google. But, you know, Google Earth, I get a little bit of that. But my thought is, my, my wife and I have talked, I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever get there, but I'll get to see the new Jerusalem. So maybe... Maybe they'll have pictures in a museum a somewhere of the old one. Yeah, that's right. I'm just thinking maybe there'll be pictures in the museum of that's the old right. one. That's what I'm hoping. That's right. Amen. So what, what what was the path that God led you on to get you on radio here in Tampa Bay? Well, the story behind that is uh, go back several years. Of course, uh, let me just say that I have been the legislative consultant to the Florida Baptist Convention for the last 19 years. Next year will be my 20th year. Congratulations. Now we sort of reorganized that a couple of years ago, and I still represent, uh, and, and that is the Southern Baptist affiliate. There's a lot of different Baptist connotations, but that is the Southern Baptist affiliate. We have about uh, a million Florida Baptists, 3,000 churches around the state, so I represent them in Tallahassee. Uh, now we do that by way of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. I'm president of that, and the Florida Baptist Convention is part of those uh, supporting group. But how this all came down, many years ago, uh, when Jeb Bush was governor, Johnny um, uh, Byrd was Speaker of the House, there was a, a young lady who found herself in some real uh, health issues. Her name was Terry Schiavel. Mm, and, I remember uh, that well. And when, when that uh, became, became to unfold itself, uh, I actually ended up being being the um, the on the ground contact person between Jeb and the house with the family uh, here in Clearwater, and so um, as I was, uh, you know, here is this guy. All the satellite trucks were set up across the street from where she was being uh, in the health center. The family was set up in a strip center across the street. So. Here was this guy that kind of rose up, has got his suit on, and then he's one of the only ones that are allowed to go in to speak with the family and come in and out. And so over at uh, Salem Radio, they had just recently, about a year, year and a quarter before, actually bought the frequency and began their ministry here. The general manager, a guy by the name of Chris Gould, uh, had his staff over there, so they figured out that I was a guy representing the Florida Baptist Convention and would just go between, between Jeb and... And, and even the night when I called the, the speaker and said they say she's not going to make it through the night, and based on that call, that unprecedented session in the evening where he called everybody back from the restaurants and everything, and they passed Terry's law. But um, it was then that I was asked to do a couple of uh, news interviews, so I obliged. And then, unfortunately, you know, that situation turned out tragically eventually. But in the in the time uh, since that that point in time doing the interviews, uh, Chris would ask me, to, hey, let's have lunch. We go to lunch. And he'd say, well, Bill Bunkley, have you ever, ever thought about having your own radio program? The answer was no. <laughs> I would remember you, that conversation. Would you like to have a radio program? No. He worked on me, Jim, for about a year, year and a half. And then finally, and of course, I will probably cover some of what I do in terms of the legislative issues that I do. And so finally, uh, you know, talked me into doing the pilot, which was the absolute most horrendous early days of radio. Mm, uh, mm, uh, be, uh, I got one of those, too. Know what I do, you know, the ones that you can 
can have a coronary later in life when you go back and listen to it. So I've hit it pretty well. So it'd be after I die when my. Let's see. I put mine out there so I could just remain humbled by it all the time. Oh, I, just thinking about it humbles me. Trust me. Um, but anyway, we we did that. It's about nine years ago, and uh, one of the agreements with Salem is because I've been Tallahassee quite a bit. When sure. when the legislators are there, I'm there. So we have a broadcast facility there, right across the street from the Capitol, and so they've uh, allowed me to continue what uh, God's probably primarily called me to do, and that is uh, in the area of legislative affairs and now religious liberty defense, quite frankly. And uh, it's funny because people will say, well, like we'll bring in kids and everything, and little youngsters will say, how do I get, tell me how you got in radio, I want to know how to do it. I go, I go, you do not, first of all, I, I can't tell you because you don't want to do it the way I did. And <laughs> sure. I came kicking and screaming. And so maybe that's why the way, maybe that's the reason why the Lord blessed it. But nonetheless, that's all. That's the only story I got, Jim. That's that's fantastic because it's my story is similar but different. But it is one of those things where never in all of my life, I, I'm, I'm a 30, almost 30 year insurance agent and IT guy. But that's a whole other story, how I ended up on radio. But my heart and my passion is challenging, discipling Christ followers to look at the workplace like their mission field. Amen. Instead yes, of these sir. people that bifurcate their spiritual world from the work world, I, that drives me nuts. Uh, up until 2008, the only people I'd ever lost money to were quote unquote Christians in business and and I just knew that's not who I want to be if you're going to call yourself a Christ follower where everything about you should be changing and especially your business practices that's right. That's right. and I had a heart and a passion for it and it's a long story but I was speaking to the last meeting before we launched the Christian Chamber I was talking about five ways to incorporate your faith in Christ and I sat down next to the only person in the room I didn't know and it happened to be Deborah Roseman the, the owner and general manager of this station and she goes you need to talk about that on the radio and I said no way. You're right, crazy. Right, yeah. So, yep, that's why I'm on the radio. Because I had I'm been praying for an too. opportunity to share my passion for discipleship of people. I never expected it to be radio. Well, look, Jim, because so many people have ripped off the name of Christ while doing their business, and uh, it's something I harp on uh, quite regularly. So I am I am absolutely delighted and, and encouraging of what you're doing, because there is a way to, to be a Christian and a way not to be a Christian, and I know that you are leading people down the right path in terms of their business acumen. Well, I stopped even using that word and just only use Christ follower when I'm really talking about because the, the word Christian really is confusing to people anymore because they, they, they see these people that say, hey, I'm a Christian and there's nothing different about them than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But when somebody calls himself mm-hmm. a Christ follower, yes. they understand. They understand where they're coming from. We're talking about using the radio waves to bring the truth because we both are on the radio at the same time. This is a rare occurrence for the two of us to be in studio together. And, And Bill, you've been given a very special, I mean, two hours every day. Talk about what your show is about and why it's about those things, that heart and the passion that God has laid on you. Well, because of my work in Tallahassee and uh, also work in uh, Washington and with the, the administration in terms of uh, the Bush administration, uh, it was an opportunity to uh, help people understand not only what the issues of the day are, but to walk them through what Christ might have to say to that. So we like to say that, you know, from four to six, we have, uh, you know, the guidebook for living. We have your owner's manual on one hand, that's the Bible. And on the other hand, we have our newspapers, we have our cable news, we've got the issues of the day. And so what does the Bible have to say about some of these issues? And so what we try to do is uh, in two hours, especially with folks that are in the afternoon drive is, uh, uh, 
education of Christians in the marketplace is so very important. And you know, uh, when Christ uh, told us to, uh, about uh, rendering under Caesar what is Caesar, that was under Roman occupation. But today, that really means that, hey, we're in a republic, uh, that uh, we have a democracy, and we have people that we can elect to be Christians to go and be our voice, or we can give our, our word to Christians. And so I really think that one of the bases of the show is to, to daily, we don't say this daily, but you know what, this whole idea about the separation of church and state, especially from some of our brethren who may be on the left of the perspective of what my belief is, you know, we have a lot of issues in this country, and I don't blame the liberals, I don't blame the pagans, I don't blame the folks, I blame us as Christians because... You know, our founding fathers gave us a marvelous opportunity a little over 200 years ago, and you really can't go far, especially either walking around the mall in D.C. or knowing what's in our founding documents to know that, uh, you know, our, our hood on the, on the earth was really created with the Bible in mind, with Absolutely. biblical principles. And so for us to run away from that, and, and basically I think it's because uh, my call is for those who have, uh, you know, sort of mixed in the philosophies of the world— uh, to the, the the tenets of the scripture, and then now we don't want to offend, we don't want to share. Just the other day, as you probably know, it was uh, National Atheist Day a couple of weeks ago. I miss celebrating that one. Well, you know what? You know what they they were calling all of their people to do to go out and witness to believers. Now think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. We have we have the lost art of sharing Christ. And you're trying to get folks to, to live a life of sharing Christ, both by observation as well as deeds and business. But we've done such a poor job, Jim, of just coming out of the closet and letting people know, hey, I am a Christ follower. Now the atheists are now going to be witnessing to us. What does that tell us about how bad our knowledge level is? So that's kind of what the basis of what I do uh, for a couple of hours every day. Now we talk about fun stuff. I mean, we got the lightning in the playoff, so we do a we lighten things up on Friday with a sports entertainment deal, so uh, that aren't necessarily big Christian worldview sort of things. But basically, uh, the, the 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 major topics of the day, I'll weigh in on that. And like I said, we have uh, we have. Some some liberals that disagree, but a lot of people at least like the format because, as what you do here, we don't call people names. We're not uh, doing things on the air just to get ratings, which is so much a part of of talk radio. And when a liberal calls in, I may disagree with him or her, but he gets the chance to make his statement, and we chat. And so uh, I have a, an opportunity to reach out across the hours. But we we definitely are taking uh, in a twenty four hour cycle where most of the rest of our clock uh, or not clock most of the rest of our programming has to do with some of the leading pastors uh, in ministries and, and, and ladies around the country. What we do is, is talk issues. Well, that's fantastic. And, and, I, and I love the, you know, just the in-your-face approach. And, and we don't talk about politics on this show. I've had a couple of politicians. We don't talk politicians. So it's, it's good that you're helping people understand that world and gaining a biblical worldview is so important. Thanks for listening, Tampa Bay and around the world. And when I say around the world, I mean around the world, from Vietnam to Norway, from South South Africa to Seattle. We've got listeners everywhere. We've got listeners who did it last month in over 10 communist countries. It's fantastic. Thanks for listening. When you get to listen to this podcast, I want to thank you. I'm praying for you each and every day. I'd like to thank those helping bring the broadcast today to the Most Brothers at Most Insurance. Find online at mostins.com. For auto, home, life, and small business insurance, please contact Eric and Craig and their family over there at Most Insurance. Thanks to Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke and Randy over there at Bella 
Air Wealth Management. Found online at BelairWealthManagement.com. These guys are Christ-following wealth advisors. It's what they offer, and it's who they are. All right, today we've got this unique privilege of talking with Bill Bunkley. Bill Bunkley is the host of the Bill Bunkley Show, found online or found on the air on 570 AM each weekday, the same time I'm on. And so you can't listen to him and me at the same time, So except for today. Today you can listen to both of us. And Bill had the opportunity to speak today to the Christian Chamber, and I wanted you guys to hear from his heart. And so that's what, you, that's what you're hearing. And if you missed the first half of the show, you missed his testimony and how he came to Christ. We're not going to repeat that. You'll have to listen to the archive. Bill, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Good to be here. Good to be here. All right. Talk about, you know, there are shows compete at drive time every day. And, and, and what, what drives me crazy is that churches tend to compete instead of cooperate. <laughs> and and I, I got a lot of very interesting responses from people when I said, hey, I'm going to bring Bill Bunkley on my show. He's speaking at the Christian Chamber. I always bring the speakers on. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for us to demonstrate unity in the body of Christ, Amen. which is what Jesus said. They would know us because of our love and because of our unity. Yet the churches are really struggling with that. You know, you, you have one church. If you have two churches on the street, they, they seem to be competing for the same people. When there's all kinds of lost people out there. We live in a community of four and a half million people in Tampa Bay, from Newport Ritchie to Sarasota and Bradenton, all the way out there to Lakeland. There's plenty of listeners for the two of us. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we can both have 2.25 million by the end of there maybe, you, you know, by the end of maybe uh, 2025 or something like that. Why do you think it is the church struggles with this unity thing? Because there's a lot of disunity. You're, you're involved in the political side, not playing politics, but trying to help push legislation that's really in favor of the biblical worldview. Why do you think Christians struggle so much with unity? Well, I think it goes predates Christianity because uh, as far as Christian on Christian, because we can go back to the very beginning. Of course, uh, you know, Israel wasn't real excited about uh, Jesus coming along. <laughs> and so that was the first. Well uh, said. That was the first political s- split. And then, of course, we know that uh, had it not been for Martin Luther, had it not been for William Tyndale, would it not been for some of those that were involved with the Reformation that really, uh, you know, were calling out the Catholic Church from just a, a set of rules. And, hey, we want to look at Scripture. So we've had that, you know, so there's been conflict there. And then we get into the rise of denominations. And so we have that. And then we get down to the fact of, well, we're all competing. And one of the things that I always, always troubles me is that for all of our churches, that doesn't matter what flavor they are, there's this little, this little sense of this is our fiefdom. I got to protect our fiefdom. We got to protect our people. And so uh, without mentioning any names, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, it comes down to who are you trusting? Are you are you trusting in yourself? And this goes along with your program about who's the who's the king of the of the business here? Is it right. King Jesus or is you? We get into all these fleshly things to keep the church going and keep the money coming in. You have to ask yourself the question, well, if you're really trusting Jesus, maybe you could let some of that go. And who knows what you could really do if the king of kings was really the king of the church. Now, I got to meet your pastor this past Tuesday at the uh, Tampa Bay Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, Ken Whitten. The first time I'd ever met him, fantastic opportunity. I got to walk him in through the back door entrance. You go to a big church, I go to a big church. Part of, I think, what's a struggle in my own heart is we build these big churches that cost millions and millions of dollars, but yet the, the, but the church wasn't called to build buildings. We were called to change lives. And, and do you ever struggle with that? I mean, do you ever struggle with that money that goes out to build a building instead of spreading out 
and reaching communities that don't have a church, don't have a body of Christ. Well, a couple of thoughts on that. You know, uh, bigger's not better, smaller's not better, better is better. Okay. Oh, well said. So okay. when you think about that, now, now just to put it in perspective, uh, he's uh, Jim's talking about Idaho Baptist Church. Now. I went, and I go to Indian Rocks. Well, I, I was at Idaho back in 1986 when we were about 600 people. Okay. So I predate uh, the facility that, uh, pretty good size facility there. It's a in slightly Lewis, big to say facility, that. yep. And, and, so, and so keep in mind that um, d- through different um, decades, there's been different philosophies. Our, our particular philosophy was the fact that we were very well uh, connected to Bellevue Baptist Church uh, in Memphis. And with Bellevue, that was a a large footprint. In fact, if you were to to visit our campus and visit Bellevue even today, you'd see so many similarities. So that was a model. Now you have other models to where it's not a large building, but then it is uh, groups like uh, Rick Warren has done out in California. So that's why I I say that, yes, now that, uh, you know, hindsight's always 20-20, maybe the new philosophy is, and of course, a lot of the new millennials that are coming up, that uh, those that are active in the faith, they have quite a different idea yep. on what a all lot of small churches. At. Yep, and so you get into this. So, uh, but I say, like our, in our particular situation, we have uh, there's been three or four churches that we have started. In fact, your pastor was one of That's our right. associate pastors. That's right. Give you tell your pastor I said hello. By I the way, I will do that. I remember way back uh, when uh, they came to us. But but um, you know, I think there we, there's two or three churches that we have started and then given back to the local congregations. We now moved into Sulphur Springs with a, a church that we are going block by block. So it depends on the ministry. And so I, I can just say, and by the way, uh, Indian Rocks is also a great church. I remember years ago, I used to be involved with uh, Suncoast Singles. Okay. That was a cooperative thing. And I've spoken at your church uh, many years ago. We used to have singles rallies there, what, 40 years ago, 30 years ago. <laughs> that so I wouldn't I, know about. So, so I know your church very well. So I would just say that, yes, uh, and, what, and one of the themes of my show is, is that uh, not just the, the squabbling that goes on, on. But people, we get in these holy huddles. We're in our church. We've got something to do every, you know, it was a philosophy years ago. Hey, let's build a church large enough where every day of the week, our folks can come to our campus and be doing something in a Christian environment. Well, what has happened is we've got so many little holy huddles going on. People don't even know what's going on across the railroad tracks. And then they're wondering why the culture has really left is because you haven't gotten out of the car to take a look, ma'am, sir. That's right. So. We're supposed so to be in to the be world, but not of the world, and we just totally took ourselves out of the world. I mean, we we built our little, uh, is, you know, uh, uh, protected places. We've done it the American way. You mm-hmm. know, our, our biggest curse is our blessing. All of the all of the fruits that we've had, you know, the Bible tells was very close about very, very clear. One one patch it says, "Man, don't give me too much because I'll get big headed. Don't go give me too little because I'll steal. Just give me just enough." Well, America's been blessed over overboard, and everybody everybody's got uh, a, a pretty. Uh, inappropriate uh, perception of what this walk is all about. But somehow, with the persecution, and by the way, we're not persecuted yet. Not yet. But with with what's coming to America, the question is, since we've had it so good, are we going to be equipped for some of the tough times? That's the big question. I think there'll be a rapid equipping. I think there'll also be a rapid culling. I mean, there'll be a lot of people that call themselves Christians today that maybe 
10, 15, 20 years from now will not because it's going to be the persecution is going to be a little heated up. They'll have to make a real choice. The real choice is Christ or the Peter principle. And that is, I don't know him. I don't know who he is. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I went to church a couple times. See, that's what we're that. That's when we're going to find out. And remember, here's the part I pray about. And that is Jesus said, wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And that includes people who will say, Jesus, Jesus, hey, I was preaching. I was casting out demons in your name. I was doing all this. And Jesus says, I don't know you. I never knew you. And then when Jesus says, narrow is the gate, I want to I want to implore all of your listeners, be that Christ follower, be the real deal. Because In your workplace because every day. What? You can fool everybody else. You are not fooling the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He knows exactly what your gig is. You can fool some, but you can't fool them all. Hey, it's time for a book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book highlight today is Halftime by Bob Buford. This is a book that changed my life, shifted my paradigm permanently. Let me give you a short explanation. If you are 35 to 55 and a Christ follower, you got to read this book. Chasing a life of success leaves you empty leaves you wanting for more because you never ever reach it. Pursuing a life of significance in Christ, even if it's in the exact same workplace, it's amazing. The paradigm shift is out there waiting for you to experience it. Halftime will take you there. Call into our studio line right now at 855-265-2929 and get a copy of this book. And remember, you gotta read this book, don't wait for the movie. We've taken time out for our book highlight segment. Bill, talk to me about your passion, your passion for radio and where you're taking it next. What has the Lord led on your heart and all your involvement with with the legislature in Florida and all the the uh, all, everything having to do with the family that's under attack here in Florida? What's God laid on your heart? What's next for you? Well, I got to tell you that I, I come to the at this point in my life, I come to the to the microphone every day with a heavy heart. And what I mean by that is, is that, um, you know, this past, uh, I can tell you this past legislative session, it was, uh, it was extremely challenging. We're trying to protect our faith-based foster care entities mm. and our- I read all about that. Uh, we have uh, now quite a contingent uh, representing the homosexual agenda and transgenders, various organizations are there. Uh, and they're not uh, a, a particularly very tolerant of uh, you and I being Christ followers. And so uh, coming out of that environment, and then when I have a chance to be with, with folks in churches and I share what's going on, and, the gla- and their eyes sort of glass over because they have no idea about what the challenges are. Um, I will tell you that uh, my heart every day is to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? What is that? Maybe that one person today. It could be uh, talking about salvation. It could be worldview. It could be just starting to pay attention, you know, because uh, we are blessed and honored, both of us, to be uh, having this platform. Yes, we are. And and the question is, uh, you know, who's the ruler of the platform? And uh, a lot of folks in our business, just like a lot of pastors, you know, that or a lot of businesses, you know, that platform can be very, uh, very enticing mm-hmm. and very seducing. And so uh, I think what my, my approach is every day, uh, we're trying to impact the culture. So much is happening. I mean, we had the entire, except for maybe one, I know you don't like to talk politics, but the re- reality is uh, that in, in this bill that we were trying to do conscience protection so the Florida Baptist Children's Homes and others could still keep our values and 
get work with kids in foster care and get parents to be foster parents and adoptive parents. The entire, the entire, almost the entire Democratic delegation voted against us. And while we are the, in our own legislature, and I've been telling folks this for over a year, not original with me, but we have folks on the on the left in this in this state who are saying, you know, Jim, it's okay. You're free to worship in your church. You you can worship in your home. And I say, time out, time out. That's not what the First Amendment says. The First Amendment says the free exercise thereof. Now, if you listen very closely to what what that what that whole leftist line is, the line is the next next redefinition of religious liberty and religious freedom is not the free exercise where you can go right outside your studio and share Christ at the apartment complex or stand outside an abortion clinic. No, 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 no. You keep your little Christianity inside the four walls of your church. You keep your little Christianity inside the four walls of your home. And don't you dare, don't you dare say anything about Jesus outside. That's where we're going. And so that is what's on my mind each and every day when I'm sharing of of all the little subplots that are going on. Because I want our folks to realize that our children... Their children, the children's children, what kind of Florida, what kind of America as Christians are we leaving to our kids? And oh, by the way, it's not going to be your America of the 50s, 60s, and 70s That's if right. you don't get engaged. And so I have a passion for that. Usually I don't get as passionate as I'm sure. No, I love it. No, come but, on. We're in total but, agreement. But, I totally but, agree. But we're, we're, we're just trying. I mean, it's like, it's like I don't say it. It's like, wake up. Wake up, my brother and sister. It's okay to come out of the closet. It's okay to let people know at your workplace you're a Christian. You don't have to be doing things that's going to get you fired. But you know what? Just living it and giving it and all those little things you can do to be courteous. People, look, we're, we're, in a, we're in a world where everything is, you know, run you all over in traffic, looking out for number one. It's easy when you're a giving person, you're going to stand out and you don't even have to mention Christ first because they're going to ask you what there is a reason for why you're different. Hey, listeners out there, who thinks that Bill Bunkley would make a great member of the I Work For Him Nation? You're going to have to listen to the closeout of the show. I know you've <laughs> never gotten to hear it, so you get to hear it. Today, we have the special privilege of having Bill Bunkley in the studio with us today. We pre-recorded this show because we couldn't have this show if we didn't pre-record it because we're both on the air exactly the same time. Both of us passionate about Christ. Both of us passionate about bringing our faith no matter where we are in the community. Both of us wanting to rock Tampa Bay with the truth of Jesus Christ, but not by pounding out religion, but by telling people about our relationship with Jesus Christ and what an impact that's made on our own lives. Bill, as we close out the show today, I really want to talk about how you know your show each and every day, you tie in the biblical worldview into the topics that people need to be paying attention to topics that are really people don't know what's ahead for us i mean we're next year we will celebrate 240 years as a nation our founding fathers never imagined it would only take 240 years to turn us upside down Hmm. Well, yes and no, because we were told uh, that, uh, you know, that this new this new document, this new organization would only work if we were a moral people. And that was because they were taking the dedication to Christ. So so for granted. But now we've seen that where is morality and, and now the, the country's turned against the church, you know. 
you understand how dictators keep control because when everybody does what's right in their own mind, when there's no there's no absolute truth, everybody's got truth, and everybody's doing their own thing, guess what? It is just chaos, and that's what we are seeing today. And then when you and I and others who are Christ followers, uh, when we come along and just say, hey, there is a creator, there's just one God, and there's only one way to get there, not very inclusive, so they don't like that either. But when you share a little bit about what God calls us to do, and today with the narcissistic environment we're in with Twitter and Facebook and looking out for number one, it's all about me. And by the way, platform, platform, platform. People don't like to be told, guess what? This is not your world. It's somebody else's world. And it's, and you better realize that you're going to live somewhere for eternity. And if you want to live in the right place, guess what? It's not going to be the world according to your rules. People just don't like to hear that today. But what's amazing, though, you say that, and maybe when they're younger, they don't. It depends on what they experience when they're younger. But there's a lot of people out there today searching for hope because our world leaves them hopeless. And I mean, in so many careers, in so many situations, kids who've been abused as as children, adults have been abused as children, adults have been abused as adults. All these situations leave people really hopeless. And when you see what's on, I stopped watching network news years ago. I actually don't have cable because I couldn't stand the hopelessness being poured out in front of me i read it i can at least i can filter by the reading but it, it's still amazing to me when you when you see somebody who's living in that hopeless nature when you present the truth of christ to them when you ask them those questions all of a sudden they go wow i just didn't know that god loved me i just mm-hmm. didn't because i don't feel lovable i mean the, the truth of christ transcends any kind of worldview when somebody realizes wow i actually can have hope and that's what you bring to the radio every day well i remember that uh, people think that america is like it was in the 50s 60s and 70s it's not there are people out there that they see the church steeples they have no idea who jesus is they've heard the name we still assume that everybody knows who jesus is like it was in the 60s well and they 70s. use his name all the time and they just don't have any idea and who he that's is not the case the other thing is that today boy we talk about the same things you turned off your cable the ability to self-medicate today is unbelievable and what i mean by that is sin is still sin sure but when you want to run away from sin boy i'll tell you what you got a movie you can watch 24 7 you can see news 24 7 you can hit pornography 24 7 you can hit sports 24 7 guess what you can self-medicate when pain gets to a point or the hopelessness or that emotion starts building up unfortunately unfortunately all of our blessings are used by Satan to become our curses because we then can travel to a faraway place right in the comfort of your home and never have to deal with God until God really turns up the amps, turns up that that situation in your life to come to him. But the problem is we have to tell folks, even Christians, Christians, you're self-medicating. Is it Christ or is it your escape? And I tell you what. Just sports, seeing some of our, our Christian families with the kids in sports, like they're all going to be Derek Jeter and, and, and travel <laughs> sports. and all. And, oh, this is an example. I mean, I, I'm trying to tell folks, you know, get real, get real. You're not going to find happiness at the end of that deal. It's all about joy. Happiness is based on happenings. Joy is filled with the spirit. And that's what uh, that's what we try and continue to maintain what I think is truth. Yeah. And my wife and I do a lot of marriage mentoring. And that is something that we talk about all the time, that all of this, this act activity is destroying the family. It's not building up That's the right. family. The most powerful thing a family can do, and you've got a youngster still at home, the most powerful thing you can do every day is have dinner together as a family. It's the most powerful. It is the most powerful thing. I've got kids that are 22, 24, and 39, and it is the most powerful thing you can do is have dinner together because at dinner, 
You can discuss everything. Not dinner with the TV on. Just dinner. All right, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show, and it's been a fast-moving conversation. If you've missed any of it with Bill Bunkley, you got to go back and listen to the archive. I'm looking for a 1,000 people in Tampa Bay to take this challenge, to look at their workplace as their mission field. I'm looking for a 1,000 people to make this commitment, to start praying for your coworkers and employees each and every day, to start looking for ways to befriend those employees outside of the workplace each and every day so that you can become and show them who Christ really is. I'm looking for a 1,000 people to look for ways to serve those co-workers and employees in the workplace and be ready to pray with them when you see an opportunity, but all along being the best and brightest example of an employee in your position, a person who seeks excellence and demonstrates Christ each and every day. If you're interested in becoming part of the I Work For Him Nation, click on Contact Us on the I Work For Him website, iworkforhim.com, and say, Jim, here's why I want to be part of the I Work For Him Nation. Bill Bunkley, I'll be looking for that email. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.